Yeah, just a couple. Who's excited for the word this morning? Come on, we're allowed to make noise in this church. We are a Pentecostal church, right? (laughs) That's it. So let's invite Pastor Melissa as she comes up and preaches the word this morning. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Pastor Bakia. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? So good to see all your lovely faces. I'd just like to welcome my good friend Monique here this morning. Uh, Monique, um, yeah, put your hands together. I'll tell you who she is in a moment. Monique, um, Monique was my mentor at Adult and Teen Challenge over 20 years ago. So she was on staff when I first arrived as a, as a um, what would we call myself? Anyway, I'm surprised she still talks to me. Let's put it that way. Um, so... Yeah, well, you can hear some stories later, but anyway, so uh, so good to have you here. Um, on that, we actually have an Adult and Teen Challenge mission trip coming up in um, end of November. And so if we're taking expressions of interest at the moment, so if you're interested, if you've never been to Adult and Teen Challenge, uh, I really encourage you to come along. I'm going to be heading up the team and taking a team down. And basically the purpose of the trip is just to build relationship. So go down there and build relationship and just get stuck in with what they do down there. And we go thinking we're going to be a blessing, but I tell you what, you walk away uh, so blessed. I mean, it's holy ground. It's absolutely incredible. Our founder is sitting here, Pastor Malcolm, 36 years in the ministry. And so come and see me after the service if you'd like to hang out with me for a whole week. Um, down at Adult and Teen Challenge, it's going to be good. Jacob's like, I'm staying at home. (laughs) Praise Jesus. Anyway, um, we're kicking off a new series this morning called Be and Make, uh, a series on discipleship. So it's going to be over the next uh, three weeks. Um, And basically the heart behind that is that we're all called to be disciples and we're all called to make disciples. So be a disciple and make disciples. And so before I was a Christian, um, I really prided myself on just doing things my own way. Um, you know, I, I loved being that independent woman, you know. I, I prided myself on the worldly wisdom that I had uh, and I loved to share this worldly wisdom to anybody that would listen. Uh, you know, I was in charge of my own life. You know, I made my own decisions. No one can tell me what to do. I make my own decisions and I was free to do as I choose or so I thought and I lived like this for many years and don't sit there so innocently because I know some of you are perhaps the same but you know something happened when I gave my life to Jesus Christ something happened in that moment I wasn't my own anymore I was not my own anymore I had made Jesus Lord Lord of my life And when you make Jesus Lord of your life, it means you have placed him as the supreme authority and ruler in your life. Supreme authority and ruler in your life. And you begin to seek him for his direction, his will, his way. What's he doing? His desires. That's what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life. And so my life was not my own anymore. Had I known what I was doing in the moment, had I done it, Probably because I needed saving, right? But now my life was not my own. It was a real wrestle for me as I began to truly walk this out because I'd lived my own way for so many years. And I expect I'm not the only one. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, it says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small, small is the gate, 
and narrow the road that leads to where? Life. And only few find it. And so it's not a natural flow to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It goes against our thinking. It's the upside down life. Have you heard it? The upside down life. It's opposite to how we've always lived. We're not naturally bent that way. To be accountable to someone else other than ourselves is what making Jesus Lord of your life actually means. You just need to look at children. You know, usually their first word is no. No. That's usually their first word. And and so we all experience this challenge, this wrestle, as we truly walk this out. But it's a journey that we must all go on. It's a journey we must all go on. And this journey is called discipleship. You know, the great Billy Graham once said this, discipleship is not an option. Jesus expects every believer to follow him and make disciples. So we're called to be disciples and we're called to make disciples. So my focus this morning, because um, we're going for three weeks, is to focus on being a disciple. And so the first step is simple, basically. You know, in Romans chapter 10, 9, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're actually saying it, right? Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's what we call salvation, as many of you uh, would know. If you don't, if you've never experienced it, we're going to give you an opportunity shortly. But this is where you go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You go from eternal death to eternal life. And I absolutely love salvations. I remember my salvation vividly. Still to this very day, I remember it vividly. I'll never forget my salvation experience, my salvation moment. 27th of February, 2001, the back of down at Adult and Teen Challenge on the Oval there somewhere. Never, ever forget it. And I'll never, ever stop rejoicing when someone gives their heart to Jesus Christ, ever. And you'll rarely see us close a service without providing people an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus. Such a significant and powerful moment. However, what comes after that is equally important. So key. It's not just that's it, we're done. It's not at all. You can't have discipleship without salvations, yet you can't have salvations without discipleship. Amen? And so this discipleship starts once you give your heart to Jesus. And this is where we become a follower. 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 Not leader, follower. Follower. You become a disciple, you become an eager student. And you know the Bible, which I have here, my Bible, is the handbook. It's a bit... I, gave, I went to the hospital this week and I gave my Bible that I took to the hospital to the person in hospital. So I've got my trashy Bible here this morning. But anyway, it's still a Bible. It's the living word of God. Amen? And Jesus speaks through his word. If you want to know how to be a follower, how to be a disciple, it's all in here. It's all in here. Don't worry about the translations so much. You know, everyone has their opinion, the Passion, NIV, King James, whatever. It's... It's in the Bible. Amen? We read in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus himself speaking, he says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So already we've hit a snag. (laughs) Already we've hit a snag. 
What happened to self-care? What happened to boundaries? What happened to uh, putting yourself first for a change? For once in my life, I'm going to put myself first. What happened to that? We hear all these words and these sentences in current society, don't we? Self-care, boundaries, put yourself first, stop being a doormat. You can add a few more. And these aren't bad words, they're not bad sentences, but how does it match up with what Jesus is saying? To be my disciple, you must deny yourself. To be my disciple, you must deny yourself. So let's just be clear, it's not, Jesus isn't speaking about not taking care of yourself. Take care of yourself, eat well, exercise, Go target shooting, get a facial, get a massage, whatever your thing is. Self-care, so, so important. Get your nails done. I got mine done. Not my, these nails, <laughs> different nails. <laughs> but anyway, yesterday. It's not saying, it's not saying, <laughs> my toenails. Anyway, well, I digress. It's not saying don't have good boundaries. It's good to have good, know when to say yes, know when to say no. What Jesus is speaking about here, and this is my first point, is submission to his authority. Submission to his authority, willingly submitting your will to his, seeking his guidance and direction in all, all your decisions and choices, which can be difficult when you've become so accustomed to making your own decisions. This is my life and I make my decisions and I'll do it my way. It can be difficult to walk this out if you're not used to it. It can be difficult if we are stubborn. Don't forget I'm half Sicilian. Sicilians are known for being stubborn. It can't. So this has been a journey in my life. Making decisions based on what we think is right, how we feel, what I want to do. Making these decisions. What Jesus is saying is... In essence, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will, his will be done. That's a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Not my will, but your will be done. And you know, Jesus spoke these very words himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was facing crucifixion. He was thinking about the agony and the suffering before him. And he cried out to his heavenly father, not my will, but your will be done. Because he understood that God had a greater plan. He understood that God had a higher purpose. He understood that even though it was bringing him personal suffering, that God's plan was better. It's always better. Even though it brought him personal suffering, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment, he was submitting himself to God, to the supreme authority of his heavenly father, surrendering in that moment. Not his way, not his plan, not what he thought was right, but what God thought was right. And you know what? Jesus calls us to do the same. He calls us to do the same, to lay aside our own agendas, which can be hard, I have an agenda. I'm going this way. To lay aside our own agenda, to stop stubbornly pursuing what we want, how we want, 
what makes us feel good, our own way, our own plan, what we think is right, and instead recognising that God has a plan and a purpose that is far greater for your life and this world. So absolutely key and integral, seeking his guidance through prayer, through study, the word of God, seeking counsel from spiritual leaders he has placed in our lives. That's so important. You know, I'm actually amazed at the amount of people that call themselves followers of Jesus Christ yet forge ahead without seeking God or godly wisdom. And you just watch them go and crash and burn because they haven't stopped to seek God. They haven't submitted themselves to his supreme authority. They haven't sought godly wisdom They haven't spoken to the people that they need to speak. You know, the Bible has so much to say about seeking godly wisdom. Here's um, Proverbs 12.15. It's going to be a bit different to what I read out. Proverbs 12.15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 11.14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counsellors there is safety. Proverbs 15.22, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 19.20-21, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. This is seeking godly advice, receiving counsel. This is godly submission and wisdom. And we're not talking about going to the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. (laughs) We've all been there, done that, right? And they don't tell you what you want to hear, so you go to the next person, right? (laughs) And then perhaps the next person until you find someone that's telling you exactly what you want to hear. We're not talking about that. We're talking about submitting yourself, positioning yourself under spiritual covering and authority. So absolutely key and necessary. You know, just because I'm the pastor of this church doesn't mean I don't have a spiritual covering. It doesn't mean I'm not accountable to others. Pastor Malcolm has been my pastor for the last 20 years and I go to him and he runs the other way. Is that Mel calling again? No, just kidding. He answers his phone. I seek counsel, wisdom, conversation. I know he's not God because no one takes that place of that supreme authority. But I understand spiritual covering. I understand godly wisdom. I understand seeking counsel. And it's the same with our everyday church board as well. They're my spiritual covering. When I've got to make big decisions about the church, etc., it's going to them, talking, receiving counsel, having conversations, taking it to God. God, what are you saying? Does it line up? What am I sensing in here? Is there rebellion rising? If there is, then something's not right. Something needs to be submitted and surrendered. Um, recently, um, the board, um, just to share a bit of a story, the board wanted me, our board here, um, wanted me to go to um, the ACC National Conference in um, Queensland on the Gold Coast. And I didn't really want to go. 
and I know that sounds crazy. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to the Gold Coast? But the reason why I didn't really want to go is because I was going to be going by myself. And I didn't want to go by myself. And the other reason why I didn't really want to go is was I was a bit concerned about the church finances. So I wasn't sure about it because of where things were at at the time. But they said to me, you should go. It's good for you and you need to go. So I went. And I can tell you, God did an incredible work while I was over there. Not only in my life, but an amazing testimony that I can share. At the time, we were struggling um, a little bit with our, uh, for our church finances. Not our building fund. That's fine and, and that was all right. But it was our operating account. Sometimes it goes up and down. <laughs> up and down. And it's just a weight that you carry as a pastor. And so while I was over there during one of the sessions, I felt God really impress upon my heart to take on a fourth mission partner as a church. And what's the natural response? No. <laughs> and the reason is no. It's like, God, how can we? We're struggling here. And I said, we've already, we've already got three mission partners. That's significant that's enough for a church our size I don't think we can afford it I'm not sure about this God are you really speaking and thinking clearly right now (laughs) but I know you know when you know that you know that God has spoken and I knew that God had spoken to me ever so clearly and it was such a powerful and significant moment as I surrendered to his plan. As I said, yes, okay, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but let's do it. And before I even had a chance to really, um, because it's a process, you know, I've got to get back to Perth. I've got to talk to the board. I've got to um, choose some new mission partners. Okay, who's going to be our fourth mission partner, et cetera, et cetera. Before I even had a chance to do any of that, our finances turned around incredibly. Praise God. It was in that moment of surrender, in that moment of surrender, the breakthrough came. Did it make sense? No. But it's his will, his way, he's the supreme authority and he calls us to submit to his authority. Praise God. And not only are we blessed as a church, because it's incredible what he's doing, but the fourth mission partners that we took on are incredibly blessed. When I contact them and said, hey, God's put you on our heart. We want to start supporting you, this couple in Cambodia. They were like, this is an answer to prayer. Thank you. So not only are we blessed as we surrender and submit to God, other people are also blessed. Amen? Not my will, but your will be done. God's way is always better. My second point is this, obedience to his will obedience to his will to be a disciple of Jesus we have to practically it's one thing to hear right it's one thing to know but then we have to practically walk out what he's saying to us to obey his teachings to obey his commands to obey his instructions I had to practically walk out what he said to me on the Gold Coast when I got back to Perth otherwise nothing would have happened right so there's the submission to his authority but then there's the obedience to his will And it's so easy sometimes not to walk out the obeying part. (laughs) Time, you know, you've got time between when God speaks to you, you know, and and the further you get away from when he speaks to you, it's like, did he really say? Did he really say? You begin to question yourself. And then other people begin to question you. Did he really say? 
I've got a good board though, we have a good board, they didn't need much convincing. But others did, and then the devil, did he really say? That's exactly what the devil did in the Garden of Eden, didn't he, with Adam and Eve? Did he really say? And so then we begin to doubt, we justify, and we wonder, and so on and so forth. But we can't just know what we have to do, it takes action. It takes obedience. James 1, chapter 22 to 23 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, don't you love the word of God? Just preaches for you. Do what it says. I could sit down now, right? It's Jesus speaking. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Such a funny piece of scripture, right? But we get the point. Do what it says. You know when you're obedient to God, you become more Christ-like? We grow spiritually, we break through, doors open, life flows. Yes, there's still challenges, but life flows. Why? Because you're smack bang in the middle of God's will. And that's where we want to be. That's the place we want to be, smack bang in the middle of God's will. You know, God's been doing a work in me recently. Um, I'm not one for networking and putting myself out there and, and, and getting along to different things. Jacob's always loved it. Always loves networking, loves chatting to people, um, you know, at these different events, meetings, etc., etc. But not me. Not me. And really, it probably comes down to fear and insecurity, is what it comes down to. Um, fears and insecurities that really I need to get over if I want to walk in all that God has for me, right? You know, my prayer ever since I got saved was Jesus, God, I want to reach my full potential in you. Simple prayer, but that's been my prayer for a very, very long time. And so, yes, I get along to our ACC events and meetings, Australian Christian Churches, that's our denomination. I get along to those things uh, and I continue to do that because, again, I understand spiritual covering, um, but even then it's been a journey. You know, I used to make heaps of excuses why I couldn't go, you know. Um, just lots of excuses. But anyway, I do that now, but, but generally I've stuck to just me and mine and what God's called me to do, not really looking up and out to see what the body of Christ is doing. And I really felt like recently God has been challenging me to step out to the invitations and, and, um, and events that I get invited to, because as a pastor you get invited to a lot of different things. And, um, and he's challenged me to to not just Australian Christian Churches, ACC, but to get along to these other things that, that, that I've been invited to. You know, prayer meetings in particular, where I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally go. I'm just being honest here. I wouldn't normally... I, I could easily say I'm too busy, and I am. We all are, aren't we? We're all busy. But something I've noticed is that regardless, we still fill up our schedules. But what are we filling up our schedules with? Is it what God's asking us to do? Or is it just our own stuff? Because we can always stay busy and fill up our schedules. And I knew for me, I know what God's been saying to me. So I've been stepping out. You'd be proud of me, church. <laughs> and getting along to these different meetings. And I'm walking into rooms. There's no Jacob because he's at work in the city. Dealing with all sorts of stuff down there. The stories he comes home with. Some of them I'm like, just don't stop. 
I can't. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and so I'm walking into, into, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know who's going to be there. I've got my own fears and insecurities, but I'm doing what Jesus says. And it's absolutely amazing as, as I've been doing that, just the people I've met, the real God connections that are taking place, that are opening up into even more future. The, the words of prophecy, I mean, it's amazing when you go to, to a place and you receive a word of prophecy, you weren't even expecting, but God knows. And it's growing me and expanding me and, and it's all part of his plan, but I have to walk it out. I have to choose to be obedient. I have to, you know what, get over myself. Get over myself. That's what I have to do in order to submit and be obedient to his will. A lot of the time is just that, right? Getting over ourselves. As disciples of Jesus Christ, God calls us to trust and obey. And that can be scary at times. I'm not saying it's easy. You know, to be a mature Christian really has nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian. It's all about how, how obedient you are to Jesus Christ. Really. Because you can talk to a Christian that's been a Christian for many, many years. Try not to judge here, but you wonder. It's really based on your obedience to God being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. You know, obedience triggers the miraculous. That's the cool part as well. Obedience triggers the miraculous. Jacob shared uh, in our corporate pet prayer meeting that we had on Tuesday night, incredible, by the way. If you've not been, you need to come. Uh, but he shared how Abraham was asked to leave his place or where he was and go to a place that he didn't know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? leaving a, a nice, secure, safe place to a place that is unknown. And God asked him to do that, to a place that he didn't know. And all he had to go on was God's instruction, God's promise, God's word. But he did it. He did it. And his obedience affected the history of the world. Through Abraham's obedience, the entire world was blessed. Jesus Christ came to this earth so that every single person through faith could have access to the very same blessing that Abraham was given. But Abraham had to walk it out. He had to walk it out and he had not, it made no sense, no sense whatsoever, but he had to walk it out, trust and obey. Obedience is key. God's plan is higher. His purpose is higher. And the challenge that I put to you this morning is to ask yourself these questions. Have I truly submitted to Jesus as Lord of my life? Think about that. Have I truly submitted to the spiritual covering that God has placed in my life? Do I take on the attitude of not my will but your will be done, Lord? Have I laid down my own agenda, my own way, my own rights? You know, I, I, it was such a struggle when I first, and Monique can testify, I just wanted to hang on to every right that I had, every single right, because it was mine, and I was too scared to let go. But God was calling me to let go so that I could trust him. Jesus gave up his rights for us. Think about that. He gave up his rights for us, and he calls us to do the same. 
to not cling to our rights. Philippians 2, 6, 8 says, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The team can come. I know it's early, but no one's going to complain. He was obedient unto death. Obedient unto death. Even death on a cross. That was our Jesus. That's the Jesus that most of us have made Lord of our lives. And the good news is, is this is what God did for him. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Father. You know, you'll never get ripped off making Jesus Lord of your life, ever. You're never going to get ripped off. You'll never get ripped off from being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, ever. You will never get ripped off, ever. In fact, the Bible says, after he asks us to deny ourselves and pick up our crosses, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we will find life, true life. The real life, the life that you want to live, that's what the Bible says. As we lay down our life, we will find true life. Luke 9, 24, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. <laughs> What's there more to say? Jesus has spoken. If you want to live a true life, a real life, a fulfilled life, a life beyond anything that you can imagine, be a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Why don't you stand? Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy, Father God. You're so worthy, Lord God. May your name be lifted up on high, Father God. Have your way, Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands to God right now? If you want to have a moment of surrender or a moment of submission or a moment of, you know, what he's asking you to do and you've been shrinking back, you've been holding back, make the decision this morning that you're going to walk out of this place and do it. Do what it says. Do what he says. Today is the day. You're not going to get ripped off. You're not going to get ripped off. You're going to find true life, real life, a fulfilled life, a life more than you can imagine. I just want to sing for a little bit, if that's all right. Just as you said, people have a moment with God. I'm not even going to pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your voices. Speak to Him. Have your way, God. Lift your voices. Thank you, 
I just pray for every single person right now, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you just touch their hearts, Lord God. I pray, Father, where there's fear, Lord God, that it be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that every single person will step into all that you have for them, Lord God, that you'd move powerfully, Father, in their lives and through their lives. But I pray that there'd be an act on our behalf or would step into all that you have where we'd submit, surrender, walk out what you're asking us to do. Have your way, Father. Thank you, Jesus. want to um, 
give anybody an opportunity who's here this morning. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to enter into a personal relationship and you'll never look back. You'll never look back. Yes, you'll still have your challenges, but God is with you. And so we're going to pray as a church. And if you want to pray along with us, if you're joining us online and you'd like to pray this prayer, then just believe it with all your heart. And we're going to declare that Jesus is Lord, or you're going to declare that Jesus is Lord of your life. Church, if you'd follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. Today I choose to make you Lord of my life and be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you can just lift up your hand in the air just so I can see it. Or if you're online, please contact us. Reach out. We want to get some resources to you. Just one moment. If there's anyone in the building, just lift your hand up in the air, just so I can see. Love to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy, Father God. You're such a worthy God. You're so worthy, Lord God. You're so worthy, Father. Let's worship just a little bit longer. Thank you, Jesus. You're so worthy. Sure.